And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Today we are in week three of our series called Spiritual DNA, and uh, this uh, series is all about us kind of taking a look at what it looks like in the 21st century to call ourselves Christ followers. And our theme verse in this series is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, and it, and it says this, it says, imitate God. Imitate God, and not just in a few areas of our life, but we see here that it says, imitate God in everything that we do. And here's why we do that. Here's why we live that way. Because you are his dear children. And so how do we do that? How do we, how do we imitate God in our life? Well, we see that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. And it's, it's these things becoming more manifested in our life where it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And this morning I was telling Andrea, we got to find somebody to preach on (laughs) self-control. Last week we talked about love. Today I want us to to dig in a little bit to um, another fruit, the fruit of joy. And uh, I truly do believe that God's going to speak to some of you today that you're walking through a difficult, a dark season in your life. And I truly believe that God has something that he wants to say to us today um, that we can grab a hold of, that we can take with us as we leave this place, that will give us some some, uh, encouragement as we walk through the season of our life. Well, before we get into his word, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come here today and to worship you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place and we invite you into this moment. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, Lord, that today you would convict us in areas of our lives that that may be out of alignment with you, that Lord, you would even challenge us in some, some areas of our life, Lord. God, we want more of you and so we open our hearts today to be receivers of all that you have for us, Lord. Help us today to not just be hearers of the word, but to also be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I brought this morning um, a couple coffee cups that we have uh, in our house. Um, It's not because uh, the Kramer family is like all into collecting all things Disney, Um, but... uh, uh, we came across these, Andrea and I did, um, I don't know, years and years ago, and there was something about seeing Eeyore and Tigger that made us realize how similar they are to our personalities as a married couple. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm Tigger, and <laughs> that Andrea is the type, she's, she's just super hyper and always optimistic and, and all those she's Tigger and then and then I'm Eeyore. Everything's like always half empty, half full, everything's always what? Blue. And being an Eeyore for me, 
living these kind of fruit out in my lives, having love and having, having joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and all those, all those things in my life begun, begins to be kind of a challenge because it doesn't come easy for me. It doesn't come natural for me. In order for me as an Eeyore to be able to imitate God in everything that I do through especially the trials and the difficulties in my life, it requires me to stay connected to God and to allow the Holy Spirit to produce the kind of fruit that he wants to produce in my life. And the truth is, is that that goes for all of us. That it really doesn't matter what personality we are. Maybe you're here today and you're more like Winnie the Pooh, right? You're a little, little sensitive and self-defeating. Or maybe, maybe you're like Rabbit and you're critical and demanding of others. Or maybe it's Piglet and you tend to worry a lot and to be anxious a lot. I think, I think what we see as we begin to navigate our own lives is that that the test, us passing the test, isn't displayed in how well we operate and these fruit in our life when things are good. I think the test is how well these things are operating on our life when we walk through trials and we walk through difficulties in our life. And I think that's especially true for this fruit of joy. That it's not really a word that we use a whole lot in the English language. It's not like we walk around and talk about just being full of joy all the time and joyous because, you know, our football team won or something like that. It's joy is, is really a character trait of God that, in my opinion, we need operating in our lives, especially in, in difficult seasons. And here's the reason why. Is because in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is what? It's our strength. That the joy of the Lord in our life, that it is a strength in our life. It gives us strength to be able to get through the darkest seasons of our life. And I think that some of you might be here today or maybe you're watching online today and you're, you're kind of in this season of your life where you're just, you're just exhausted, like you're exhausted with your career, you're exhausted with your marriage, with parenting, with, with health, with your educational pursuits, and you just kind of, you're so exhausted, you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you just don't know if you can keep going on. And if you're anything like me, you try to hope it away and you try to, you try to wish it away, right? You try to pray it away, but, but when nothing happens, you just start getting a little bit weary. And so what do you do when you find yourself in that kind of season in your life? What do you do when you find yourself beginning to get so exhausted and, and the passion for life is just seems like it's been sucked dry out of you. Well, Jesus knew that we would walk through these kind of trials and seasons in our life. And, and he made this promise to us, knowing that we would walk through difficult seasons in our life. He made this promise to us in John 15, 11. He said, I have told you these, these things and 
And what were the things that Jesus had told the disciples in that moment? We talked about that in the first week. It was the lesson of staying connected to Jesus, that we are the branches and that he is the vine. And Jesus is like, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. That I've told you this this, this principle of life to stay connected to Jesus so that you will be filled with my joy. And I don't know about you, but I can picture the disciples in that moment thinking, wait a minute, there is no way that we can have Jesus's joy. I, I don't know about you, but there's been some people in my life along the way that I've looked at and I've respected. I've like, man, I wish I could respond that way and that certain situation. And you kind of you kind of look up to them. And, and I could imagine that all these disciples in this moment and in this as they've been following Jesus, that they, they kind of look up to him. They're following him. And so when Jesus at this moment says that I've told you all these things so that you could have my joy, they had to have this moment of thinking there's there's no way that we could have the same kind of joy that Jesus has. And, and that's when I think Jesus looks at him and says, yes, your joy will overflow. Now, I want you to hear me this morning, that this promise of that our joy of having his joy and that it will overflow isn't the kind of promise that always seems like it's it's just out of reach right it's not one of those things that's like a carrot that's dangled in front of you that that we hear in the bible that that we can have this but it's always just that you can never attain it you can never get there that that no this is something that jesus desires for all of us to have no matter what problems that we're facing in our life, but the important part is that we have to stay connected to Him. But unfortunately, in many cases, the, the promise is a lot different than the kind of life that we experience. And the reason why is because we, we tend to anchor our faith in things that make us happy instead of Jesus. And we tend to anchor our faith in things that make us happy instead of Jesus. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions in, in, in uh, Christianity is that God sent his son to die on a cross so that you and I could be happy. Right? I mean, think about, think about your journey. Think about um, the time that you accepted Christ into your life. And, and think about... Think about how all of a sudden your journey with God, like maybe it started getting a little rocky, a little shaky, like you started stepping into some trials and tribulations in your life, and then all of a sudden you pull away because your thinking is, is well, I thought when I go to church, my life just starts getting, getting better, and I get happier, and I never go through difficulty in our life, and the reality is, is that Jesus didn't die so that we would have a perfect life and we wouldn't face anything. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, in Christianity. And the problem with that, the problem with us anchoring our faith on the things that make us happy is that all of those things are dictated by circumstance. I mean, it, it comes, happiness comes, and happiness goes. That's why, that's why you and I can be having a great morning on the way into work, right? And then somebody cuts you off on the way there, and it puts you in a bad mood for the rest of the day. 
That's why we can wake up having a good day and the sun shines out and then all of a sudden it starts raining and we forgot our umbrella and we're just kind of grumpy and miserable. Or That's why we can come to church and have an amazing church service and Man, we're glad to be back and we could feel just the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we go to the restaurant and they get our order wrong and, and all of a sudden everything changes, right? It's because happiness is something that's fleeting. It's something that comes and it goes, it fluctuates. And what we tend to do in our lives is we tend to look at this relationship will make me happier. This car will make me happier. This boat will make me happier. This job will make me happier. This house will make me happy. And, and, and we latch on our faith. We latch on everything. We kind of build the house of our life onto those things. And so when those things change, right, if you're anything like me, I mean, you can love a car. And then after about two years, you don't love the car anymore. You love a different car. And so those things change in our lives. And what happens with us in our lives as we follow God is that instead of anchoring to him, we anchor to all these things. And when they begin to collapse, when they begin to fall apart, when that person doesn't like you anymore and you thought they were your best friend and they stabbed you in the back when you turned around or when, when your spouse comes to you and says they're not interested anymore, you're having challenges with your kids or your job or your career or whatever, when that stuff starts changing, it starts rocking our world. See, happiness is something that fluctuates based on circumstances, but joy on the other hand, joy, the Bible says it's our strength. And the reason why it's our strength is because it's unshakable. It's something that, that is constant. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you find yourself just exhausted and, and passionless because of the season of life that you're walking through, I want you to know that God has something better for you that he has something for you today that can sustain you in the midst of your worst storms. And that's why Paul and Silas in Acts 16, when they're chained and in prison, that's why they could worship the Lord in that moment. That's why Job, when he lost everything, when he lost his kids and his land and his money, and they wanted him to stand up and to curse God, that, that instead he stood up in joy instead of bitterness. That's why Jesus himself, we see in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, it says that, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Look at this, fixing our eyes on Jesus. So we're anchoring on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Look at this, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like even for Jesus, the pain that he had to withstand coming forward on the cross, that it was the joy that was set before him that allowed him to walk through that season in his own life. And so how could Paul and Silas, how could these guys find strength to worship when they really should have been worrying? How could Job, how could he find the courage to stand in joy instead of Bitterness, and how could Jesus persevere when he was faced with really the worst of worst circumstances? Well, the reason why they could live that way is because they had this secret weapon of joy operating 
in their lives. And the awesome thing is, as the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit wants to produce that in us as well. You see, joy isn't a byproduct of something that you and I pursue in our lives. That joy is a byproduct of someone that we pursue. We don't get joy because we're pursuing all these things and these jobs and this career and this kind of educational path and all that stuff. That doesn't create joy in our life. We get joy by staying connected to Jesus. The happiness comes and goes and the career and all that stuff comes and goes. But when we connect ourselves to Jesus, when we anchor ourselves into him, it's stable. It's something that we can latch onto that no matter what we're walking through, that it can produce this kind of joy in our lives that even in the worst of seasons that we can hold on to, that we can anchor to. I love what 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says. It says, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. Like don't anchor into those things, the Bible says. In verse 16, for all of that, the world can offer us the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of this world, and the obsession with status and importance. It says none of these things come from the Father, but from the world. Now look at what 17 says. This world and its desires are in the process of what? Passing away. In other words, they're shifting they're unstable. And so when we build our lives on those things, guess what happens? Our life begins to collapse. It begins to fall apart. And that's what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7 when, when he gave us this warning to not build the house of our lives on the sand. Because when we do, when the rain and the floods and the wind come, then, then what happens to our life? It begins to collapse. It begins to fall apart. But he says, instead, a better way to live your life is to build the house of your life on the rock, to anchor it into him. Scripture says in Hebrews 13, 8, that, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like that's what we need to build the house of our life upon. You see, the byproduct of us being able to have joy in difficult seasons comes from us being able to confidently say these two things. These two things allow us, when we can confidently say these two things, it allows us to have joy in the most difficult seasons. And those two things are this, that God's got it, and I trust Him. God's got it, and I trust Him. That when your kids are acting all kinds of, of crazy and you don't know what to do, God's got it. And I trust him. Or when your boss calls you into her office and she begins to tell you that you've been passed over by somebody younger than you and less experienced than you, God's got it. And I trust him. 
When your spouse walks in and says, I'm not interested anymore, God's got it, and I trust him. When you're upside down financially because you haven't been able to work for months with all this COVID stuff and you don't know how you're going to be able to put food on the table for the family, God's got it, and I trust him. Friend, that's the only way that Paul and Silas and their situation and environment chained in prison could worship instead of worry. That's the only way that Job, who lost everything, everything was taken away from him, could stand in joy instead of bitterness. That's the only way that Jesus could endure the cross was through the joy that was set before him. Like we could go through... We could go through all the Bible and see people after people after people that the reason why they were able to stand firm and to stand fast when the rain and the winds and and, and the flooding were coming in their lives was because their lives were not anchored in things that make them happy. Their lives were anchored in Jesus. And it was that connection of them being the branch and him being the vine, that connection that allowed them to have this sense of joy that they could stand up and put their shoulders back no matter what they were walking through in their life and say, God's got it. I trust Him. Think about your life and think about the seasons that you've been through. I look back on my life and I look back at the things that Andrew and I have walked through in our own life and and it was the resolve within our heart that this hurts, that it's painful, that it's uncomfortable, that we don't like the season that we're in, but God's got it and I trust him. God's got it, I trust him. Maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's health, maybe, maybe you're walking through something with your family member or something like that right now, and this is my challenge to you is to take a step back and to say, God's got it, and I trust him. Think right now that there's, there's probably some of you that are here today, there's some of you that are watching online or whenever you're going to see this recording and you're in just this awful season of your life and it looks like there's no way out. And I want you to know this morning that God's got it and you can trust him. Troubles may come and it may hurt, but the reason why you can still have joy through all of that in your life is because you know that God's got it. And you can trust him. Friend, I've discovered that in my life. I'm only 44. I've kind of lived a lot, but I've still got a lot to go. And I've learned a lot along the way. I've made some some good decisions. I've made some bad decisions. I've, I've experienced a lot. But I can tell you this with everything inside of me, that it is resolving the reality that God's got it, and that I can trust him that's helped me to be able to withstand every season that I've walked through in my life. The promise of God for us in Romans 8, 28 is that he works, what? Not just a few things in our life, but all things in our life for the good, for those that love him, 
and are called according to his purpose. So I think the challenge for us today, as we're all really, I mean, in this kind of season, we're all walking through something in our life is to take a step back and to understand the big picture blessing of God, that he's going to work everything out for our good, no matter how bad it looks in this moment. It doesn't matter all the worst case scenarios that we run through in our mind. That we can take a step back and we can know that God's going to work all things out for our good. And because that is his promise in the word. And because he also promises in his word that, that no thing will return to him void. That when he speaks it, it will accomplish its purpose. And because of that, we can anchor our faith and our hope in him. And we can take a step back and we can say, God's got it. And I trust him. Would you bow your head with me this morning and come up on the keys? Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that you have a promise for us that, that God, we can have your joy. And that, Father, it can overflow in our lives. Lord, right now in this in this space and for those that are at home watching online. There may be some that have grown weary. Lord, their passion is gone. Their zeal for life is gone. They just feel like they've just been beat up by trial after trial after trial. Lord, I pray that today, God, that you would give them the courage and the strength. Lord, to anchor their lives to you. The word says that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That your love for us and your promises for us, they're unchanging. They're stable. They're a rock. Lord, even though my situation might not change, even though I might have to, to continue to walk through this valley, and I believe for some of you that are listening, maybe you're here today or online, that I believe that's a word for some of you listening today that scripture says that we walk through the valley, we don't camp out there. And for some of you, you've been camped out in the valley. And it's time for you to pull up the tent pegs. It's time for you to pack up all your belongings. And it's time to get moving through the valley. Father, today as we walk, as we move through our season, God, we have the promise that, Lord, we can have joy despite the difficulty. Joy in the midst of of the journey. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to speak to those of you that might be here watching online. And you know that you're far from God. You can feel it. You know, joy is something that's produced 
by the Holy Spirit. That it's only something in our lives that we can have as we're connected to Jesus. And if today you know that your life's not connected to Jesus, maybe maybe you've drifted away over the years or maybe you're here today or watching online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I wanna give you an opportunity to make the biggest and the greatest decision of your life. That's you today. If you're here, if you just kind of slip your hand and you can put it back down, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to call you up front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And if you're watching online, you can raise your hand, but I'm not going to see it. But that's you. Let's pray together. Church, would you repeat after me? Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I surrender my life completely to you. Forgive me. Come live inside of me. Lord, change me. And with all of my heart, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we've been going through this series, the Holy Spirit's really been speaking to me personally to really just go back to the basics. You know, I've been saved since I was five and grew up in a pastor's home. And I think sometimes we forget that we are no longer of this family, but we have brand new spiritual DNA that we are in the family of God. And I want his joy, not just happiness, but I want his joy that no matter what I walk through, I will be strong. If I'm weak in my body, I will be strong in him. And so as we're going through this series and just I encourage you to do that. Go back to the basics. Go back to the thing that when you first heard about Jesus, when you first heard about the life that he lived and the gift that he gave, the fire and the passion inside of you, it will be rekindled and reflamed and that we can go out these doors and be his joy and his love. And like Ryan said, we have no idea who's gonna preach self-control because through COVID, Ryan and I have realized we have none and we have eaten everything in our kitchen. <laughs> so whoever has not done that, we might be calling on you. What a great day we've had this morning with the Lord. We want to encourage you and thank you so much for those of you that have been faithfully giving. Um, this morning, those of you that are in the auditorium, we have boxes in, in the back. We don't pass a bucket anymore or a, a plate. So in the back, you can give there, you can give online. And we want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving during this season for those of you online. But we also want to tell you about an exciting opportunity that we have this Saturday.
So this Saturday morning, we have an opportunity to partner with Second Harvest and with another food distribution. And so just an opportunity for us to go out into our community and they actually get to come here on our campus and bless those that are struggling through this season. So from 9 a.m., I believe, until 11 a.m., we will be giving out food. And if you'd like to be a part of that, we just encourage you to contact the church office this week or you can message us online on Facebook or send an email. And we would love to get you connected with that. Just an opportunity for us to give to our community and to be loved and to give joy. So we encourage you to do this. Let's stand together this morning. And for those of you online, like Ryan said, you don't have to stand. You're more than welcome to. But I want to speak a blessing over you this morning. And Aaron spoke this blessing. It's a, it's a, a blessing that we can give one to another. And it just says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine on you. May he be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. May you have peace this week and have a wonderful week. We love you guys. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.